It's one of the most famous verses in the Bible. It's one that many of you have memorized, or at least you've heard numerous times. It's a verse that we want to hang on to and believe. But if we're honest, it's one of those Bible verses that's hard for us to understand. We wonder, you know, how does it actually work in our lives today in the 21st century? You remember the story of the little engine that could? The little children's story goes something like this. The birthday train was filled with toys, and it had to get over the mountain to the boys and girls. The large, powerful locomotives were asked, will you pull the birthday train over the mountain? They refused. The request went out for help, and it went to a much smaller little engine, and he agreed to try. These are talking trains, okay? (laughs) And the little engine succeeds in, in pulling the birthday train up and over the mountain while repeating all the time its motto. Say it with me. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I thought you would know that story. Well, for the last six weeks, we've been in the book of Philippians with a series called There's an App for That. And you know... I don't have one of those app phones. And I really have to take to heart last week's message on contentment. Because I see many of you have those app phones and you get them out and I'm looking over your shoulder and I'm saying, man, isn't that neat? Well, if you're one of those that doesn't have one, I don't either, but they are very neat. Today in our last message in this series, we're going to go back to Paul's writings in that letter to the church in the city of Philippi. And we want to look at an app Paul has for us that identifies a power that's greater than the power of the little engine or a a large locomotive engine or any earthly power at all. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. There are over 40 different translations of the New Testament. If you'd put all the different translations together in a pot and you kind of boil it down, you're going to come up with one thought, one theme, seven words long. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. Will you say it with me? I can do all things through Christ. Magicians perform amazing feats, and they use the word abracadabra. We know that's not a real word. I've never read them, but I've told in the Harry Potter book series there are some strange-sounding words of magic. Now, Paul's words, I can do all things through Christ, aren't magical, they aren't mystical, but true. And they point to the real source of power. These seven words, brief, to the point, if understood and believed, will enable you and me to overcome any obstacle, bear any burden, and shoulder any sacrifice. Excuse me. These words have the power to help us live victorious lives in Christ. 
I don't know why anybody would want to live for Christ if they couldn't live that victorious life. I can do all things through Christ. Does many in our society agree with just five of those words? I can do all things. There are teachers and philosophers who operate from a humanistic approach and say human beings can do all things. Those who believe this, that people can do anything they set their minds to do, tell us we can achieve global peace. We can eliminate world hunger. We can bring prosperity to everyone. And on and on and on. Now, others would disagree with these five words. I can do all things. Someone has called these words words of madness. And you wonder why. Well, because if you put a period at the end of the statement, you would be claiming the impossible. I can do all things is a false statement. And Paul never taught that. Paul wasn't trying to tell us that we can do all things, period. You know, he doesn't mean that if I get on my bike and uh, start riding when the weather gets a little better, riding every day just a little bit more each day, that someday I can win the Tour de France like Lance Armstrong. There's no promise for me in that. He doesn't promise that if I would shoot 1,000 jump shots a day, and as I wrote that, I thought, I better make that one. Because there aren't a 1,000 jump shots left in this body. But if I were to, to somehow do a 1,000 jump shots a day, they're never going to ask me to replace LeBron James. Now, this one I can do. I can sing in the shower. And I thought, if I started tomorrow and really worked at it, Maybe, just maybe, but then, no, American Idol 2011, it's, it's not going to happen. Paul is not telling us that we can do all the things that we want to do, but he's telling us we can do the things that God wants us to be doing. And this is so important, and we've got to get this. If you don't get anything else out of this this morning, get this. We can do all things that pertain to to God's will and purpose for our lives. I'm going to say it again. See, God has a will and a purpose for everyone in this building. And when you line up with that will and purpose, nothing can stop you. We can do all things that pertain to God's will and purpose for our lives. How many of you think God is a powerful God? By definition, God has all power. One of his attributes is power. He is omnipotent. The question we need to answer is how does God transfer some of his power to people like me and you who struggle with some hard things in life? Our app says there's a strength or power available for us but how do we get that power from heaven to earth so we can do all the things God wants us to do? How do we get that power converted into what we can use to face all the stuff that we've got going on in our lives? There are two stories I want to tell you 
that can help us answer these questions. One's from the Old Testament and one's from the New Testament. Both of them point out a principle about how God's power works in people's lives. You probably remember the story of the ten plagues that God had put on Egypt because Pharaoh had refused to allow the Israelites to go. And shortly after the last plague, which was the angel of death, Pharaoh tells Moses, you can go. The Israelite people get all their things together, begin to pack up, and they head out in the direction of Canaan, which was the promised land. It doesn't take Pharaoh long to realize that he'd made a mistake and change his mind. And he sends his army after the Israelites to bring them back so they can continue to serve as slaves for Pharaoh and the Egyptian people. In their exodus, the Israelites camp at a place with the Red Sea in front of them and the fast-approaching Egyptian army behind them. They're in a very difficult spot, and they cry out to God for some help. And Moses goes to God in prayer. And Moses is told, just keep going forward. Keep marching ahead. He tells the people, God is going to intervene with power somewhere between where you're camped and the water's edge. You see, God is promising the Israelites power along the way. Somewhere between here and there, God's power is going to show up. Just keep marching. Keep trusting. Even though there's an army behind you and deep waters ahead. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to have another drink. Bear with me. I get very dry. Now, how comforting are those words? How comforting were those words to the Israelite people? Is that what you'd wanted to hear? Has God ever told you something like that? Never filled in all of what was going on in your life? He said, I promise to honor my power in your life and your faith by show of power, if you'll keep moving on. My power will come as long as you keep moving forward in the direction he's called them to go. Power between here and there. Power along the way. Well, I don't know about you, but I like power now. I like it kind of now. I like power before the crisis I'm facing. I like power before the trial I'm going through. I like power before the showdown with the devil. I like power way before the water's edge. But friends, that's not always how God works in our lives. You know the ending, God rolls back the water. The Israelites go through on, on dry ground. The Egyptians follow God rolls the water back, and they're drowned. God rolls back the water, 
Where's my screen? Oh. <laughs> we love each other here, don't we? I hope so. God delivered exactly what he promised to deliver. Power. Power between here, where you're camped, and there, the water's edge. Our next story is another familiar story from the New Testament. It's in Luke chapter 17. We read about ten lepers who had been outcasts because of a dreaded disease of leprosy. The Old Testament law made them stay far away from any town or village so they wouldn't infect other people. That's why on this particular day, they are on the outskirts of the village when Jesus walks by. Because of the distance they were required to keep from anybody, they yelled out, Hey, Jesus, we need a little help over here. Could you heal us? These poor lepers were asking Jesus to use some of his power to heal them. Jesus had kind of a, a different response when you think about it just on the surface. He responded to their request by telling them to go into the village and have the priest examine them. The Jewish priests were the ones in charge of, of checking the skin of someone who had leprosy to see if they'd been healed from that terrible disease. You know, and I wonder if these ten lepers looked at each other and said, why should we go into town, all the way into town, to have those priests tell us something we already know? I mean, man, look at us. We're lepers. That's kind of stupid, isn't it? One of them might have said, you know, I'm not going to make that long trip into town just to have the priest tell me once again that I still have leprosy. Well, at least one of them must have said something like this. Hey, guys, just suppose something happens between here and there. What if Jesus is waiting to see if we have faith to believe in him? He said, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to the priests. I'm going to do what Jesus told us to do. I love what it says in Luke chapter 17, and that's a typo. That should be Luke chapter 17 for you that would check it out later. While they were going, they were healed of the leprosy. While they were going, these ten forsaken, diseased men walked and they put one foot in front of the other. On their way to the priest, they were miraculously healed. By going from where they were, here, to there, they were demonstrating that they had faith in Jesus. They had faith in the power of God that would show up for them and there it is again, just like the Israelites with power along the way. You've got the ten lepers. There was power that came as they went along the way. 
There are other Bible stories that reinforce this principle. God seems to be more willing to show up with power if we're, number one, trusting him, and number two, doing what he wants us to do as we move forward along the way from here to there. It's amazing what you can do when you trust God. I read a story of a little eight-year-old boy who was sitting out in front of his house under a tree, and he had this scruffy-looking puppy in a cardboard box. And there was a sign over the box that said, Puppy for sale, cheap. A salesman who went to the same church as the little boy came down the street, and he stopped his car and went over. Wanted to know what was going on. The little boy said, well, the family dog had given birth to five puppies, and this was the only one left. And if his dad, his dad said, if you sell this puppy, I'm going to give you the money. But no one had stopped. No one was interested in this puppy. Well, the man wanted to encourage the little boy, and he said, you've got to think positive, son. You have to believe that God can help you sell this puppy. Well, he went on his appointment and came back and, about an hour later, and he looked over and he saw that something was different. The puppy had been cleaned up a little bit, like it had been brushed and a, a red bow around his neck. And now a sign had been changed to read, World's Greatest Dog for Sale, $100. <laughs> later that day, the salesman went down the street again. And he just slammed on the brakes when he saw that on the sign was the word sold. He went to the door, knocked on the door. The little boy came and he said, son, you didn't sell that puppy for $100, did you? He said, I sure did, right after I prayed. Then he hesitated and added, well, I guess I really didn't sell him. I traded him for two $50 cats. I don't know what dad was going to think about that one. But it is amazing what you can do when you trust God. To fully grasp what Paul is saying to us in Philippians 4.13, we must read it in the context of all of the chapter. And in this chapter, Paul has told the Philippians that a number of things are possible with God's help. In verse 2, he tells them that they could get along with each other in Christ. In verse two, 4, he says that you can rejoice in the Lord always. In verse 6, he tells them that through prayer, they could overcome fear. And in verse 11, as we learned last week, he told them that regardless of their circumstances, they could learn to be content. In verse 12, he tells that church, that he had learned how to get along in the good and the bad days of life. He knew how to live large and how to suffer in need. You see, Paul knew a lot about the principle we saw in our two Bible stories, the principle of power along the way of our life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he tells us some of the things that he experienced. On five different occasions, he had been beaten with a leather whip, 39 lashes each time. Three times, he had been beaten with wooden rods. 
Once he would been, had been stoned and left for dead. Three times he had been on ships at sea, and they had sunk, and he was left alone in the water. He had experienced many sleepless nights. He knew what it was to be hungry and thirsty. He said he had been without adequate clothing and suffered in the cold. He had known all of this unbelievable treatment while he was in ministry for the cause of Christ, again, along the way. These things happened to Paul on one of his three missionary journeys. As he was being obedient to do what he knew God wanted him to do. And Paul wanted those first century Christians in the city of Philippi, as well as us 21st century Christians here in the Riverbend area, to know that no matter what we're going through, we can get from here to there because of Christ and the power that's available to us. The secret for Paul then and for us today is drawing on Christ's power for strength along the way. How can we receive that power along the way today? How can we receive that power for our journey from here to there? Here are three thoughts. Number one, we receive that power with right perspective. You see, Paul had learned to see life from God's point of view. Paul put his energy into focusing on what he was supposed to do for God. He didn't didn't look at someone else. He wasn't so concerned about what that one's supposed to do, this one's supposed to do. God, what am I supposed to do? And everywhere he went on his journeys, he sought to do the work God had for him to do. And again, I want to interject this this morning. Everyone in this place can be led by God, as Mike sung. And everyone in this place that has made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life, you have a work, you have a purpose in this life that God wants you to fulfill. How is your perspective today? How is your perspective? Are you focusing on what you're supposed to do for God in your here-to-there situations? The second way we receive power along the way is by having right priorities. Paul had his priorities straight, and he had let go of all the non-essentials of life so that he could concentrate on what he knew was most important eternity, the eternal things. You see, often the desire a person has for the non-essentials of life can and will distract them. Bigger and better possessions, more of this, more bling in your life. Your priorities can get messed up. And when they're messed up, you take your eyes off the next step of the journey God has for you. So what are the non-essentials in your life that cause you to take your eyes off the next step God wants you to take? And finally, power up. I grew up 
when there was some great TV on TV. Sky King, Lassie, Ren 1010, and a really good one, Superman. Remember that one? I love when Jim sits out here because he can relate to all my old stories. <laughs> you got Clark Kent, you got Jimmy Olsen, you got Lois Lane and that little Nash, whatever she had, that little car. Well, I'm going to always remember these words and just feel free to jump right in if you know them. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, leap tall buildings with a single bound, look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's very good. Is that what Paul means? That we can be our own Superman? Of course not. God does not grant any of us superhuman ability to accomplish anything we can imagine. It's not whatever the mind can conceive the mind can achieve. Remember, God has only promised to give us all the power and strength we need along the way to do those things He asked us to do. And so I asked this morning, are you looking to yourself for the power you need in your life? Are you looking to the circumstances of a good job? of a large bank account, strong retirement funds and account? Are you looking to plenty of friends and and social standing and and whatever else should fill in the blank there? Are you looking to these things for your power in life? What's your source to power up this morning? You see, the Christian has all the power that he or she needs to be equipped for everything life brings along the way. The Living Bible translation of the verse, Philippians 4.13, says, I can do everything God asks me to with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and the power. I want us to say this together. And do that break like I just did. I can do everything God asked me to with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and the power. Whatever God asks you to do, I guarantee you, based upon the veracity of God's Word, that you will do it if God's asked you to do it. And He'll give you the power and the strength to do it. You know, no doubt, there's someone here that's facing a situation, a circumstance that looks impossible, looks hopeless. You've got something going on in your life that seems bigger than God. Maybe you've got a physical need. You need healing. Perhaps you've got a marriage that's cold and lifeless. Maybe you feel spiritually dry on the inside and you can't even imagine that God loves you. Maybe you're in over your head financially and you're afraid to answer the phone or open the mail. Whatever it is, my friends, there's a power 
available to those who have made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their lives. There's no guarantee of this power for those who have not made Jesus their Lord and their Savior. There's a power for each of our here to there situations and circumstances along the way. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works where? In us. It's not just that we think we can, we think we can, we think we can. Mimicking the little engine that could. No, the power that works in us makes it possible for us to say, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can do all the things through Jesus Christ who strengthens us. Not only individually can we do those things through Christ, but collectively as a church that's been called of God and raised up out here on this prairie land to do a work for God, we can do what God wants us to do. Will you make the decision to not only believe but trust God with your life all along the way? Will you choose today to put your faith and confidence in the omnipotent God who promises to deliver power for you in every one of your here to there situations of life? You all could write your own story about your here to there situations. Young college student who was going to a Christian college diagnosed with terminal cancer and he was in the hospital room and one of his professors came to see him and after a few silent moments not knowing what to say the student said prof I've learned that life isn't like a DVD player and the prof said what what do you mean by that well it's not like a DVD because you can't fast forward through the bad parts but he said I've learned that Jesus Christ is in every scene of my life. And right now, that's enough for me. You know, I thought, how many times have I wished that life had a fast-forward button or an edit button, a rewind, something? And I'm sure there's some of you that know what I'm talking about. But of course we know there's no DVD model like that. And life is not like that for any of us. But as followers of Christ, we can be grateful this morning that He is with us in every scene of life along the way. Yes, I believe this with all of my heart. I believe it for me. I believe it for you. We can do all things through Christ who gives us power now and forever.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the life of Paul. And Lord, if he could write that all things are possible through Christ, knowing what he experienced in his life, Lord, I can take that to the bank. Lord, it doesn't mean that I can do anything that I dream up. It doesn't mean that uh, I can be like someone else. But the promise is that those things that you've asked me to do in my brief life on this earth, you will give me the power by way of your Holy Spirit. You will give me the strength by way of your word to accomplish those things you have determined that I should do. Lord, there are many in this place that don't realize that they have a work for God to do. Lord, they've never come to the realization of knowing you as their Lord and Savior. Maybe they struggle with that. And Lord, those who've made you their Savior, they still don't know what you'd have them to do. The non-essentials of life, the perspective and the priorities are so out of skew. Lord, I don't know what people are going through in this place today. There's a lot of here to there situations and circumstances. Lord, we need power along the way. Lord, we thank you for our church, and and our church needs power for the way that you are going to use us along the way in the months and years ahead, and, and we pray for that. But Lord, I pray this morning for those who need to sense your power in their life, that you will anoint them and come and be just so big in their life this morning. And we thank you in advance, Lord Jesus.